Hello and welcome to another edition of Chesapeake Hockey Week. I am your host, Scotty Waz. How's it going, everybody? Boy, that was a weekend now, wasn't it? Uh, we will talk about the big weekend the Maryland Black Bears had. We will talk about the uh, Stevenson Club team, D2 in the ACHA. They were back on the ice this weekend. We'll recap uh, what's happened in the Stevenson University D3 program in the NCAA, both the men's and women's as their seasons have come to a close, and uh, some players. But first, let's get things started. Wow. Quite the weekend as the Maryland Black Bears travel to Johnstown. They travel to the War Memorial, and they uh, looked to get their first win in Johnstown in franchise history. 15 games. In Johnstown over the three years, zero wins to show for it until this weekend when the Black Bears probably had uh, one of their, I can't say best series, but most critical two wins, the critical sweep that they have had in this franchise history as they beat Johnstown 3-2 to both Friday and Saturday night to take home four points and really start to look like a team that knows they hold their own destiny in their hands. So it was a hell of a game on Friday night. Got started off a little shaky, though, not going to lie. Hannes Colleen had some great saves to start off, but it seemed the power play did not click as it was supposed to, as Anthony Mastromonica uh, scored his 15th on the year after just a bobble at the blue line. He broke away uh, on a shorthanded attempt, made no mistake about it, and put it home uh, one nothing. Johnstown. It was really a defensive uh, chess match, as it were, in terms of just being able to counterattack, counterattack, counterattack. These games have always been tight. Uh, all the games this year, I think, with the exception of two or three, have been one-goal games. And these two teams, all no matter what happens, these two teams always play close against each other. Uh, And for a team like Johnstown, who put up 15 on the board last weekend against Maine, granted Maine is in a little bit of a downswing right now, uh, the fact that Maryland was only able to hold them to four goals in the two games, pretty dang good, I would have to say. Second period showed nothing for either team. Uh, Then in the third period, Grady Friedman gets his fourth of the year off a rebound from a Luke Mountain shot, puts home his fourth of the year. Luke Mountain, his ninth assist. Cam Gaudette with his 11th assist on the board there. Um, Power play for Johnstown uh, later on as things kept going. Nine minutes later, just past the halfway mark, John Gillette with his 22nd of the year. Uh, Will Margell getting an assist, extending his point streak to 16 games. Uh, as the Potomac, Maryland native biting the Black Bears here again on the power play. But then Jude Curtis, who had a nice little backhand redirect off a wonderful Philip Tornquist. I don't know if it was a shot. I don't know if it was a pass. I don't know what it was. It got to Jude Curtis for his ninth of the year. Tornquist with his third assist. Cola Buffo with his tenth assist. That was just before the five-minute mark remaining in the third. And, uh, again, tight game. Didn't solve anything in the third period. Didn't solve anything in overtime. So we go to the skills competition. Four rounds. No dice for either side. Hans Colleen and Josh Graziano playing fantastic in net for their uh, respective teams. Uh, Connor Cole, 
then un, uh, as the Black Bears shot first, Connor Cole, top of the fifth, lasers one past Graziano, making it one nothing, and then Colleen with a wonderful save on William Pearson, and that's all she wrote. Three to two, the final in a shootout. Black Bears outshoot the Tomahawks, 28-27 in this one. Uh, they had themselves a hell of a time uh, in this game, never letting things get too dire. Bouncing back, especially after that power play goal in a tight game, they kept striking. Um, a great, great effort by this team, top to bottom, uh, for Friday night. Saturday night, got to keep the good times rolling. Obviously getting that second uh, win on a road to the first-place team, always a tough one. But the Black Bears got out quick in this one. They got in a big one. Garrett Sidlowski, uh puts one home, uh, getting things started at 728 into the frame. Another rebound in front. The Black Bears really putting it on to the Johnstown goaltending. Rebounds getting kicked out in front, and Johnny's on the spot consistently. He put this uh, Sidlowski for his eighth pass, Sammy Vola. Drew Curtis, a sixth assist. Brad McNeil with his fourth assist. A minute 18 later, a hammer from a Mr. Philip Tornquist off a Luke Mountain setup. Puts his second of the year uh, in the back of the net, Daniel Colabufo getting the 11th assist for himself uh, and a second this weekend uh, on the board. So Black Bears going to the first intermission uh, up 2 nothing. Great saves also from Michael Morelli, who got the call in this one. He had a fantastic night. We'll talk about that a little later. 135 into the second period. Tanner Rowe comes streaking off a bench. Um, Josh Nixon... Great forecheck on this play. Was able him and Philip Tornquist able to pin the puck deep, get the puck in front of the net. Tanner Rowe off the bench, bangs it home for his fourth of the year. Tornquist his fourth assist. Uh, Josh Nixon his eleventh assist on the year. Nixon was really a factor in a lot of these uh, the offensive spurts for Maryland. Really carrying the puck well this weekend. Maybe you know sometimes uh, trying to go in one on four not the best option for them. However, he was able to make things work, make things stick. And on a play like this, you kind of forget uh, a little bit of that going forward. After that gold, however, um, I did see something that I didn't really particularly like from this team, and you can see this in the shot counter too on NAHL.com. The Black Bears kind of played. I don't want to say trap game, but they kind of went to a defensive shell a little bit, at least what it seemed to me. Either they went to a defensive shell or Johnstown went into an offensive explosion where their forecheck was five guys inside the blue. Uh, it could be a, a, a either way, one way or another. There were a lot of icings, uh, a lot of time stuck in zone, so who knows what happens. But over the last 40 minutes, the Black Bears only mustered four shots, three shots in the second, and only a single shot in the third. A team up three to nothing. You think that you want the pedal to stay to the metal, especially against the team in Johnstown, who came back from five goals down in the opening weekend. Granted, this is a completely different team from that of the opening weekend, but the same kind of memory in the back of your head. You don't want you want to remember that so you don't repeat history in this one. But Johnstown was clicking on all cylinders after that third goal. They kind of woke up a little bit with uh, only three. 20, 22 remaining in the period. Daniel Tax puts his eighth uh, of the campaign in the back of the net, making it a uh, two-goal game going into the intermission. Then just under four minutes into the third, TJ Kufis with his fifth makes it a one-goal game. And then just everything, including the kitchen sink at Michael Morelli. 
but some spectacular saves on his end, including a post-to-post one-timer stop uh, on the on the uh, Johnstown Tomahawks late into that game. A big save for that, and the Black Bears were able to uh, withstand the pressure, get a second win, take four points out of Johnstown, something that really hasn't been done in Johnstown over the past couple of years with the, the teams that they have been able to put together. But Maryland, two big wins, their first two in Johnstown in franchise history, bringing out four points as well. Uh, couple that with a Northeastern split with Danbury. Uh, pretty good, pretty good weekend overall for the Black Bears as they extend their uh, streak to six unbeaten in regulation. Uh, they are 5-0-1 oh, in their last six, and they're 6-2-2 two, two in their last ten. So points in eight of their last ten games uh, coming off of that Pretty dismal 12-game uh, losing streak, so good things happening there. Things are starting to turn around as we look at the uh, standings board here for the East Division. Uh, Maryland securely in that fourth spot as they are five points ahead of Northeast, and uh, they are nine points ahead of Danbury. If we look at that game on hand tracker, Maryland has five games on hand uh, against the uh, uh, as opposed to Northeast, while Danbury has seven games in hand uh, against Maryland. So obviously the focal point right now, you don't want to get too far ahead. You have nine games remaining in the season, I think I count it, nine or ten uh, left in this season. If I do my math right here for a second, nine games remaining, that would put them at, uh, if I see the standing boards, if my math is correct, and it rarely is, that'll put them at 52 games on the clock. So Northeast, I think, I think Northeast only has four games remaining. If, if, if that, if that math pours out right now, I should be doing this before the show, but if anyone has followed me in my 20 years of broadcasting, I don't do much prep work. How does Northeast have 87 games remaining? They have two, four, six, eight. They have 10 games remaining. That will put them at 58. So I think there's going to be games to be made up for the black bears right now, because they're at 43 games as it has scheduled, uh, and I think we still have um, a couple main games to be put forward. I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, if somebody can let me know, because there are, it looks like spots available. Nope, May, they're playing that one game. I don't know what's going on. Someone please inform me what the heck's happening, please, for the love of God, uh, at Chesapeake HW Pod, or just DM me on Twitter, or text me, or email me, or whatever. Okay. That notwithstanding, uh, as much as you don't want to look ahead and you, you want to worry, worry about Danbury, uh, you have to worry about the, the matter at hand, which is Northeast playing Maryland this weekend, uh, the 16th and 17th at Piney Orchard. 6.30 puck drop on that one in the Eastern time. Now, listen, Black Bears, I don't ask for much. I, I might. I don't know. I'm, I don't know how much I ask for these days. But I know we're on, you're on a roll right now. I almost said we. I don't play for the team. I know you're on a roll right now. You got two sweeps in your last two weekends. Your boy's got a birthday coming up on uh, on the 16th. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be turning uh, a high number, very high number, uh, high, not too high but middling range. All right. The point is this: Friday night. How about a dub for your boy? A dub for Scotty Waz. I don't, I don't ask. I don't ask for much. But I think a dub for me. I, w- I would consider it a personal favor to me, your boy. And uh, let's, you know what? 
why not? Just couple it over to April 17th. Um, that's Craig Worthington's birthday, former third baseman and utility guy for the Baltimore Orioles. That's like two people will get that, and I hope, I hope they're, they're happy. But how about, how about this weekend? As a gift to me, a little sweep ski. How about that? That'd be wonderful if you could do that for me. Love you guys. So that's what we got ahead. Hockey TV, if you can't get there in person due to limited uh, COVID restrictions. Uh, and, of course, Johnny P will have stuff up on the Face Off Hockey Show Facebook page as well. So, yeah, we will have that for you going on there. The Stevenson Mustangs ACHA club team were back in the ice for the first time in over a year as they went up to Aston, PA, and took on the Newman club team there. Obviously, things a bit different, uh, you can say, in terms of what the scheduling is for the ACHA. But uh, they have got things going, at least in some sort of fashion. And the Mustangs, big, big wins tonight. Uh, tonight, Saturday night, 6-5, 14-month layoff showing uh, nothing too shabby of this team right here. And the back and forth, so I was kind of paying attention to this game. This game was on the computer where the uh, Black Bears game was on the screen. Uh, Stevenson got out to a pretty big lead, 4-1. to one. Newman started to creep back in there. I think it was 4-3 after the second period. Stevenson held it off, uh, putting up a couple more, uh, putting up uh, yeah, a couple more on the board to seal the deal, getting things done for their first win in 14 months. A big game for Chris Robinson getting the hat trick in this one. Uh, pretty solid performance the first time back. Uh, you don't you, you don't uh, you don't hate to see that. You love to see it over a long span, of course. But hey, what can you do? Logan Orr also had a goal and an assist in this one, as Zach Garneau also putting the uh, the puck in the net. Brendan Jesse with a goal. Uh, Josh Watterson with three assists, Trevor Hunt with an assist, and Jacob Claymash-Kresky with an assist as well. Uh, There's going to be the Turtle Cup Part 2 Electric Boogaloo uh, coming up this weekend for the the Stevenson ACHA team. Uh, Results will be Wednesday evening. They're going to be streaming this live on Facebook Saturday 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. If you're on their Facebook page, you can click on their Stevenson Men's ACHA Hockey. You can find it there. Uh, they will have their fun turtle. Sorry, Turtle Cup three. Turtle Cup two was earlier in the situation, um, but you know, listen, Turtle Cup. Listen, your boy. I uh, I I went to Mount Saint Joe. I'm a Gale, purple and cream to victory. If I could get a win from Purple on Saturday from my birth, that's all I ask. I don't ask much, but I ask for wins on my birthday weekend. Uh, Turtle Cup's always fun. It's good for these guys to get out there, get some interest squad, uh, squad action going, uh, develop some skills, have some fun out there, lighten uh, things up, and then away they go. Then they return to a little bit more of uh, interesting, you know, actual action as they take on Alvernia on the 24th. And we will have a little bit more on that next week after the results of Turtle Cup three. Uh, hey, look at me. That does see that doesn't flow as well. I don't know what's what this is all about. Um, so there's that for Stevenson's club team. Good to see uh, the Green Horses back on the ice, ready to roll uh, for another season, half season, some games. Let's just call it some games and go from there. 
So we get to the Stevenson NCAA team and, uh, you know, a team that was, you know, given the fact that they were, this this whole team was not supposed to have a season. Neither of these programs are supposed to have a season. Uh, it was pretty impressive from Stevenson on both sides of the uh, the lobby. We'll start off on the men's side as they were one game away from winning the uh, the UCHC. Just didn't happen for them. They were on a uh, quite the roll as they had not lost since they played Chatham in February uh, until, of course, the loss against Elmira. Uh, they were on a 10-game unbeaten streak, uh, 9-0-1. They had a tie against Lebanon Valley uh, on St. Paddy's Day. And this is a team that just kept going. They uh, they they had things going in a big, big way for themselves. Uh, I think one of the big, big impressive uh, feats was first-year Mike Lowry. 17 points on the season for him uh, leading the squad. Uh, and not only that, uh, not only points, but goals as well. Uh, Ryan Patrick came to play as well as a four, uh, 12 helpers, led the team in that statistic. Blake Coleman, another uh, first-year defenseman, coming up big, third in scoring. And of course, Austin Master, who had a wonderful season for himself with uh, 4, 8, and 12. Just almost a point per game underneath that. Um, and then, you know, the power play was clicking in a big way, too. Lowry had four goals as well as Coleman, so the two Frosch uh, players doing well. Anthony Starzi with uh, three on his own, and Carl Leiden, the senior, uh, the four-year guy with uh, two uh, power play goals, seven points in 15 games for himself uh, overall. And, you know, Coleman and Lowry starting off again, four ga- three-game winning goals uh, for them. So the, the next class coming through, pretty dang good. Uh, I would have to say, I would, I would venture to guess that these guys are ready to roll going forward for a full season. Uh, not, not to be outdone, however, as we got uh, two sophomores in net that are pretty dang good themselves. Ryan Kenny had a miraculous, uh, fantastical season, eleven two and one with a two goal, a solid two goals against in fourteen games and a nine twenty seven save percentage. But a lot should be said for Marco Sturm as well. Sophomore, he went one one and zero, a one fifty two goals against, nine twenty three save percentage uh, for uh, for the team overall, two oh five goals against, nine twenty two save percentage. So, uh, from top to bottom, this is a team that is you know is going to be looking good here. You lose a lot of your senior leadership, of course. Aaron Murray, a anchor on that defensive uh, defensive core, he'll be gone. Carl Lydon, another guy who was just a heart and soul of this program. He is going to be gone. Houston Wilson, who didn't have any goals this year, but man, he was one. He was a fun one to watch over the past uh, couple years that we've been doing the show, uh, and and watching him play when I went back home last year. Just the energy he had was amazing. Matt Capucci, who stal- stalwart back on the blue line, not going to get a lot of points, but a guy who is definitely going to put himself out there. Same can be said for Martino uh, Picarello, a guy who doesn't get called much on the score sheet but uh, provides otherwise in other ways. Uh, so, And then Dylan Schoen, uh, goaltender, didn't see much action uh, this season, but he is, he is a guy who is a cornerstone of this, uh, of this program. I mean, at the 3-1-1 uh, last season in the games that he played in, uh, so, or 3-1-0, so a pretty good win percentage for the games that he was in in a short career over in Stevenson. So a team that is very, very loaded up, for the years to come, I think that it's going to be good for this team moving forward. 
and uh, what Dominic Dawes has been able to bring to this team has been pretty remarkable and a great turnaround for this team uh, overall in the long haul. So looking forward to next season, looking forward to how things will be going from there, and uh, we will see what this team can do moving forward. We'll shift over to the women's side, and the women, they they were just as dang impressive as well. They picked both both sides take home a MAC tournament, a MAC championship, six one six and one in conference, nine and four and zero oh overall for the ladies, and of course they get the playoffs hampered with five six players out. I think it was forty two percent of your goal scoring just taken out of that equation, but it you know. What Tori Emhoff, and, and this kind of echoes what Dominic Dawes has done, Tori Emhoff has done wonders with this team in only her second year. I mean, this is a team that last year not a lot of people, you know, didn't know what to think about this team. It was going to be kind of a rebuild situation. I guess not so much a rebuild, a retooling uh, with the people that were coming in, and, and this has been accelerated in a big, big way. It's another team that was streaking into the playoffs, four, four straight wins. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just, you know, things just didn't hit properly. But when you look at this team in general from top to bottom, I mean, points-wise, like I said, you had your you had a senior in uh, Trin Barkless who had a wonderful season, nine goals, tied for the team lead, 19 points overall. But you also countered that with Hannah Labby, who had uh, 13 points in 11 games as a, as a first year. Uh, Carly Aguirre, who's a sophomore, 12 points in nine games. Nikki Kendrick, who's a junior. Twelve, you know, nine goals tied with uh, Barkless uh, in twelve games. So they were getting contributions all the way up and down the lineup. Uh, I think, I think for this class, you lose you lose a lot with Barkless going. Uh, you lose a lot with Angelica Saluza going, who put in timely goals. You lose a lot with Anika Carlander leaving as well. But at the same time, uh, Kira Collins as well. She did not get in any games this year as a senior. Unfortunately, but I mean, this is this the, the what they were leaving is going to be uh, uh you know the, the players that are still there are going to be huge for this team. Uh, Labby played fantastic this year, three power play goals, leading the team in that that uh, stat right there. Uh, you know, Carly Aguirre has made uh, made a fantastic leap from her first year into uh, her second year. Goaltending though is going to be interesting. Sydney Hearn played lights out when she did play. Uh, she was two one and zero, only three goals against in those three games. So, so that's a one sa- one goals against and a nine fifty five save percentage. But Carlander took a a a lot a lot of shots. Uh, Ansley King also when she got into games she was two and zero, one forty seven goals against nine uh, eight ninety five save percentage. So I mean, Hearn and King are pretty darn good. But again, you know it's a, it was a weird year. They were able to stay on it, and uh, you know you, you lose Carlander, who obviously a, a cornerstone for this program for her four years. But you know it looks like that she's leaving the, the the system in pretty good shape. I think Sydney Hearn, uh, especially in those last couple games, has taken over the mantle uh, moving forward. But we'll see what this women's team can do. I think that they they deserved a lot better than what they got. Circumstances being as they are, um, you move forward in that instance. But uh, it's whatever's working for Tori Amoff is working very well. Whatever she's saying, whatever she's doing, the people she's bringing in, it's huge for this team uh, going forward. And again, with the program, it's really awesome to see um, this kind of recognition, or they should be getting recognition on the national stage 
um, he says without knowing the rest of the national stage. But still, uh, I, I got to back my Maryland teams, right? So uh, here's to uh, Tori Emoff and her crew and the team. And here's hoping for a better times next year with a full season ahead of us. Let's get to some players. Uh, Sam Addis finally getting back on the ice after being on the taxi squad for the St. Louis Blues for a bit. Finally getting sent back down to Utica. First game back since uh, mid-February as he got back on for the Utica Comets. Gets two assists in a Friday loss to the uh, Rochester Americans, then nothing on Saturday. But uh, nine assists in seven games for him with Utica. You often wonder how if they're better spent on a taxi squad or if they're better spent actually playing. Um, in this instance, it seems that, uh, you know, the either hold true for Sam Annis. He's a guy who seems to go back on the ice and not really be able to miss a beat. And, yeah, it's good. It's good to see him, even in a long layoff, be able to produce once he gets back. And for with those two go- two points on Friday, extended his point streak to four games before it was snapped on Saturday. So uh, such is life, I suppose, in the big city. I don't know what that actually means or where that saying came from. Aaron Dazzo got some uh, ice time on uh, Friday night, and uh, he uh, what a weird stat line. So they won five to four over the national development team. Uh, three goals against, seven saves for a seven hundred save percentage, but got the win in only twenty two minutes of work. Wins a win. The numbers probably not so great, Bob. Uh, but uh, that is how things go. Again, uh, Andrew Takis played both games. Uh, for Amarillo, or played in both games for Amarillo. Another weird stat line for Bolt for him, as well as uh, Friday night's game, lost 6-1 to to the Lone Star Brahmas. Uh, three goals against on 12 shots, 750 save percentage in 39 minutes of work. Got to figure he got pulled after the second period. Uh, and then uh, on Saturday, 6-4 to, to win, two goals against in uh, uh, on eight shots. 750 and 1132. You got to wonder if that just didn't happen at the beginning of the game and he got pulled after that. So, um, 12 5 and 1. He goes with a 912 and a 256. Aaron Randazzo, his numbers as they look right now are uh, are as uh, 8 6 and 2 with a 342 and a 9 or an 891 for the season. And uh, that'll do her. That's it. We've done it here. Uh, thank you all for listening. It was a uh, it was a fun one, I'm sure. Ooh, hey, team's winning. Maryland wins all weekend. Nothing but dubs, baby. Nothing but dubs. Uh, we uh, hopefully we can keep this role going here. We know Stevenson's gonna win. It's just what color Stevenson's gonna win. The purple, the red, the blue, the orange. Who the hell knows? We'll have to find out in Turtle Cup three. Uh, hey, look at me coming up on their Facebook page uh, at S U A C H A Hockey on Facebook. The Black Bears again, back at home. Scotty Waz birthday weekend. Uh let's get some uh, let's get some dubs on the board against Northeast. Let's get a little distance. Let's be like cake. Let's go the distance. Go for speed. And somebody, please tell me how this how many more games they have. I'm confused with this logic because it looks like Northeast has 42 games left. I don't know how this is working. They could have an 82 game season. We're not aware of. Uh, but we will get to that mess next week, and I'm sure someone will correct me. I hope to God someone corrects me by the time we get here next week. Uh, but you guys have a wonderful week yourself. Uh, we will talk to you in seven days' time, unless you want to listen to me on Face Off Hockey Show. That comes out Thursdays 
on podcatchers available. If you're subscribed to the, this feed, you're probably subscribed to that one because they're not two separate feeds. So you can enjoy that as well. We'll talk all things trade deadline. Uh, so, yeah, that's a plug for that show. But uh, I'm Scotty Waz. Take care of yourself and someone else. has been Chesapeake Hockey Week on the Face Off Hockey Show Media Faction. Any podcatcher you get, uh, Google, Apple, uh, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, Spreaker, all those places you can get there and more. It's uh, Just type in Chesapeake Hockey Week, and the feed for the Face Off Hockey Show Media Faction will be right there. Hit subscribe and uh, download, delete, all that other fun stuff. Uh, until you, next week, that was a weird way to say until, uh, you guys play that clutch and crab hockey deer on, and I will talk to you next week. I can say next week a couple more times. Holy crap. Peace.